0: And uh, he is one of our interns here at Connect. He's in his final year at the Cape Town Baptist Seminary. He's finished his final year. true that you graduated yesterday, eh? So he's now graduated. Come on. It's a very exciting moment. And... uh, it's really exciting to have Lunga with us here in Musenberg. He's been with us for the whole year. This is his first appearance, I think, in Musenberg, which is a little bit of a travesty on our part, so we apologize for that. But it's really lovely, Lunga, to have you here, and we're really excited to, uh, to be blessed by you this morning as God leads you as you speak to us. And uh, so we're just going to pray for you, and, uh, and we're going to move into these next two weeks. We're out of series. We're just going to have one-off messages, and then we're going to move into our December Christmas series. And uh, so let's pray together as we pray for Lunga. God, thank you for Lunga. Thank you for the spirit that is in him, God. Thank you for the call that is on his life. And I pray for him this morning that he would be full of the spirit, that he would be at rest and at peace in your spirit and that you would give him grace and anointing to share with us and for your word to come forth through him and to penetrate into our hearts. Won't you speak to us now, God, by your spirit, through Lunga, we pray. In your wonderful name, Jesus, amen.
1: good morning good morning um... yeah it's it's a bit of a very overwhelming weekend for me friday um... we had a a dinner um, like one of those um, school dinners which is like a tradition at the baptist seminary so we had that on friday i missed out on friday impact so some of the guys uh, we're having a disco and it was a bit sore for me because I've made relationships with grade 6 and 7s and I call them friends and so missing out on that on Friday was quite like hurtful to me and then Sunday, I mean Saturday afternoon obviously the graduation um, which was also a bit of an emotional moment in my life because um, my parents couldn't be here. I'm from Peter Marysburg, by the way, so um, yeah, yeah <laughs> Thank you. Um, Nico was declaring. um, uh, The songs that Nico was singing were declarations. And um, while we were singing and declaring to the Lord, I really had this sense that the Lord is asking us to declare this morning. And um, before I get into what the Lord has asked me to come and share with you, um, can I just ask you that we can stand, please, and um, can, can with our lips that God has really, really gifted us with, can we declare to the Lord who He is? And I don't know if Nico is comfortable with just play. I don't know. Can I do that, Brad? Is that okay? Yeah. Thank you, Nico. Yeah, so I really just felt the Lord um, calling us to declare. And I was so really, really inspired to hear the body of Christ really, really speaking in prophetic and in, in all the gifts, using the gifts that the Lord was using. And I know sometimes part of the Baptist is all about, um, if you speak in tongues, you must interpret, you must do this, you must do that. But I really felt this morning the way that the Lord was leading us. May we just, for two, three minutes, can we declare who He is? Can we tell Him that Indeed, He is the King of kings. Indeed, He is the Lord of lords. I like the first song that you were singing, Nico, because uh, it brought me immediately to Isaiah 9, where it says, Unto us a child is, is, is born, and unto us a son is given. You know, and the government shall be upon His shoulder, that His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So can we just declare and just tell Him who He is, really, that He is a wonderful 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 god that is a savior yeah thank you lord that you are the lord of lords thank you father that you are the king of kings thank you lord that you are the great i am father we honor you father there's none like you you are the giver of life you are eleleon you are jehovah rafa you are jehovah boy You are Jehovah Jireh You are Jehovah Elkabot You are Jehovah Shema. You are Jehovah Shalom El is your name There is none like you Lord We worship you Lord You are the bread of life You are the life You are the truth You are the Lamb of God You are the root of death You are the line of the tribe of Judah We worship you Father we worship you, Father. We worship you, Jesus. 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 Lord! Oh, we honor you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, mighty God. Who, Um, while you're still standing, I remember maybe last year or two, I was I was back at home in Marisberg and I was fellowshipping with this other congregation, and one of the things the Lord was saying to me is that. As a church because it's his church jesus says i will build my church it's not our church and as a church the biggest problem that we have is that we call upon the name of the lord and then it's like we invoke heaven to come and be in our midst and when he's in our midst we're like thank you lord um now we're going to get into our program thank you very much for coming i really really have a sense that there are times when we really need to call upon the name of the lord and when he's here, let's you know, thank you, Father. Thank you, mighty God. We praise your holy name, Lord. You, you, Lord. Okay, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but let me, let me get out of here. Okay, um, can you all go with me to Second Timothy 4? Again, we can remain standing for the, for the reading of the word of the Lord. Can we reverence then the word of the Lord? Can we just, yeah. So Second Timothy 4, verses 6 to 8. Just let me know when you're there. We'll take time. Thank you, Father. Steve, I hope I'm not going to get into trouble. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lord. (laughs) John, I'm going to get a call from John just now. (laughs) Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. I'm just going to read this in Kosa first. You know, it says, "Um Umzamom do zamile on Who call on You know, When they, when they, when they normally read, um, "I've fought the good fight, I've finished the race, I've kept the faith. When they read it, it's normally in funerals, you know? But today we're not in a funeral. We've come to worship a living God. Thank you. Thank you. We've come to worship a living God. So here we go. For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept my faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. On that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Thank you, Father, for your word. We worship you, Lord. Your word is truth. Your word is life. So, Father, breathe through me, Lord. You are the living God. Peter said you are the son of the living God. Jesus, you are the Christ. You're the chief cornerstone. Lord, your people want to hear you. Not me, Lord. Speak, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Oh, Pumele, you're so excited, my brother. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, this, is like, uh, this is really a statement that Paul is saying at the end of his life. And this is the last of the letters that Paul will ever write to the church. And he's writing to encourage Timothy, he's writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. And he's writing this, he's in prison, he's in a dungeon. He's in the pit. He's in the lowest of the lowest. And he's at the lowest of his time. And Paul is saying, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. And I've kept the faith. Paul is telling Timothy, and he's saying to him, be encouraged, Timothy. Be encouraged, Timothy. You know, just my last week, I remember I was sharing this with um, a couple of guys in our dinner table on Friday. And I was like, did we pass, guys? And someone was like, yeah, look, they, they put up our, our faces on Facebook. And they said, graduates of 2017. So clearly, we passed. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that you've got to understand, I speak from my own context. I can't speak from Brad. Brad was like quite at his time. In my time now, there's a lot of where you do an assignment and it comes back and you're like, Lord, what did I do wrong? And the assignment is 47%. And you're like, Lord, I've never had a 47% assignment. And you're like, you feel so discouraged. And you come back to the lecture and you, you talk with the lecture and the, and the lecture tells you, "No, you didn't really go about it the right way. And which is true because, because of life, because of the stresses of life, sometimes our walk and the, way, the things that we do in life, we got so mixed up with a lot of things. That we don't focus. I've been speaking to a lot of guys at our church, in our community, and a lot of people have been telling me, Lunga, I'm really tired, you know, and it's November, and I don't have much to give. And Paul is encouraging the church here. He says, We must finish this race, we must complete our walk. And I want to lay out for us what it is, really. How do we successfully live out our calling? that we ought to know, all of us here sitting down, we are all called by Jesus. We are all called in every sphere that we are in, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our schools, with our friendships. There's a call that Christ has for us. I can imagine how Timothy must have felt reading these words. I mean, certainly this to him was not really encouraging. I mean... The guy who's been walking with me all this time is writing this letter and he's saying to me, my time has come. I'm ready. I'm ready. This is the same thing. This is the same person who has been praying for Timothy. This is the same person who's been telling Timothy at all times that be strong, Timothy. Be strong, Timothy. And now Paul is saying, I'm I'm, I'm here. I'm at the exit. My time now has come to an end. Now my question is, why is Paul being poured out? See, Paul is being poured out because of his calling. No one can imagine that the apostle himself was at the end of his life. Knowing that death was imminent, Paul regarded it as an act of worship to the Lord. I remember there's a scripture where Paul is meeting the Christ himself. And Christ goes on and says, to Ananias that he's going to suffer great things for the kingdom of God. And Paul knew that his call was not about glorious things that going ha- to him. He knew that suffering was something that is going to happen to him. Far too often we think of, our, of, our, of that now that I've received Christ, now that I've come to Christ, that I have a relationship with Christ, that all things are going to go well. But brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you that that's not the factor. That's not how Christ is. Christ works in us. He takes us through the hard things. He takes us through the storms. Storms are difficult. When I came to the seminary in 2014, I didn't know anyone around, in Cape Town especially. For instance, I didn't know how I'm going to pay for my fees. But the Lord said, Lunga, I'm calling you to seminary. Go. And I came. And I remember I was sharing this in my son's song. And, I mean, I had 700 rand that my parents had given me. And, so coming here, it was like, Lord, I'm really trusting you. And sometimes these storms and the condition that we find ourselves in, we think that, no, Lord, for me to step out and to share your word to other people, I need to be all right. I need to, be, I need to really be in a right standing with you. But the Lord is calling us that in whatever condition that you're in, the Lord wants you to share about who he is to people. Because we can never be in right standing with the Lord. There can never be a time that you can shake yourself and say, Lord, today I'm very clean. Till this day, <laughs> till this day when I woke up this morning, I was still like, Lord, I haven't prepared enough. And the Lord said, son, you'll never be ready for my word. It is my word. You just need to be faithful with a little and I'll take you through. And I believe that this is the exact sum of same mindset that Paul is in. That Paul is saying that, I am being poured out as a worship unto the Lord, that I'm going to places that the Lord has sent me, places that I don't want to go, places that I'll be rejected, places where I'll be stoned, places where I'll be now in jail for the gospel of Christ. I think the first thing that I want to really point out to us is that our call. Our call is very essential because we ought to know that In this, the Lord Jesus Christ calls us. And He calls us to follow Him. That Paul has also been called by Jesus Christ and that he knows that he had to follow. That was one mandate that he, he knew was to follow Jesus Christ. And Paul, in following Jesus Christ, he served Him faithfully. And that is our call also, to serve the Lord. Sometimes we feel that serving is about, okay, I must now all of a sudden... Um, wait upon the Lord, maybe go to seminary somewhere, but no. I came here this morning and I was asking Brad, um, so Brad do you normally guys set up today? And um, he's like, yeah, I guess people can't come on a Saturday. And I'm thinking to myself, without being judgmental, when I came to the Lord, one of the things the Lord wanted me to do was to serve in His church. And one thing I, I, I always used to do, my Saturdays, I would dedicate to the church in a way that I would be in the serving team. And I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to really spend time with the Lord. But all I knew was that every Saturday afternoon, whenever they was set up, I was there. I'm not calling out people to come now every Saturday or whenever. But for me, my heart was like, Lord, can you rise up a church that's going to say, we serve you with our mouth, we serve you with our pocket, And we serve you with our hearts, but also with our hands. Sometimes serving is a bit of an issue that we have in the church. But Jesus Christ is looking for servants. Someone who is going to be the last and say, I'm humbling myself and I want to serve in the church. I want to put up chairs. I want to help out. I want to clean up. I want to do this for the church. Serving also calls us to serve in other places also. In our homes, in our schools, in in our workplaces. Do you know that you are called to serve? Do you know that Christ has called you to be the salt of the earth? That Christ has called you to be the light of the world? There's something about the core. It demands for us to really come out of our comfort zone and live in a world that says, not my will, Lord, but your will. You see, Jesus Christ has given us a great measure of grace to see us through. Sometimes we feel that, Lord, as I was sharing just now, Lord, I'm insignificant. I don't have the power. I don't feel right before you. You know, Lord, that sin that I carry with me. I tell you till this day, there are things that I myself am struggling with. And continually, every day, I'm like, Lord, I bring this to you. I bring this to you, Lord. But the Lord just says to me, Lunga, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. This is not only for me, but this is all for us. That the Lord knew us before we could even know ourselves. The Lord had a picture and the Lord had a purpose for our life. The Lord had a plan for us and He still has a plan for us. Sometimes we don't think and understand that the Lord has a plan for us. And His plan is great for us. His plan is truly that He set us apart. He set us apart for His kingdom. That is why we're sitting here tonight. That is why we're sitting here this morning. We're sitting here because God has called us and He's chosen us to be His vessels. It is good for us to know who we are. Because sometimes as Christians I find that we're in a dilemma where Satan... I remember just this week, the Lord was just saying to me, Lord, now think of it. Satan can't create. And I was like, Father, what are you saying by Satan can't create? And he, kept, he continued to say, Satan can't create. And I kept on thinking, okay, Father, what are you saying by Satan can't create? But then it, it, it started ringing in me. Has Satan ever created anything? No. Exactly. No. Nothing. But we as Christians we find ourselves that sometimes we give Him so much credit, not knowing that Jesus says, Behold, I've overcome all things. That Jesus is the mighty Creator. He's the Creator of all things. Now, if Satan can't create a thing, why then do we find ourselves tangled up in small things? And hold on, I'm not saying that I don't get tangled up. I do too. But the problem is that our identity is what Satan tries to do to us. He tries to just twist their identity so that you find yourself in a a position where you're like, Lord, I'm in this sin, I may as well just sit in this sin. You're not going to use a person like me. But I, I call you out, brothers and sisters, to know who we are in Christ, that Christ has really called us. We must stand and know that though the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against him. And I, I want to go back to this verse again, verse 7, I fought the good fight. I want to talk about our fight. Paul is introducing us to a struggle. This struggle must be maintained by being focused on God. It really is a reference of like spiritual warfare, just what I've been sharing about that, you know, sometimes we want to do a lot of things for the Lord. We want to accomplish a lot of things. we like, Lord... Beginning of the year, we want to have these New Year's resolutions. Lord, I want to come to the church every Sunday. Lord, I want to be faithful to you. I really want to be a good steward. But then, you find yourself, you're in the middle of the year, and you're like, okay, I've missed out on church a couple of times. Uh, um, I haven't really been serving you faithfully. I haven't been praying. And I mean, longer here, standing in front of you, there are times when I miss out on quiet times. And it's not nice. But you leave... Your house thinking, Lord, that time with you is lacking. It's because sometimes our lives are so busy that sometimes we miss out on the small things. Because sometimes that is something we struggle with. That is the fight that we... It's an ongoing thing. But Paul wants us to to see ourselves as combats. That we've overcome these things. That we are God's fighting force, the church. That... These words that he's saying that I fought the good fight, they're words of action. That these words are words of militants. These words are words of aggression. That these words are words of accomplishment. That even when we fight, we must understand that we've overcome at all times. And in this fight, the one person that we're fighting is the adversary, Satan himself. Ephesians 6 speaks about that we fight the rulers against the authorities, against the the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in high places. But now, if we're fighting against this, and we know that Satan is continually fighting us, But we know that we are victorious in Christ. How do we win? We win by knowing that our identity is in Christ. That I belong to God. That greater is He that is within me than he that is in the world. 1 John 4 verse 4. We fight by knowing that we ought to pray at all times. Jesus in John 17 prays for the church. He says, thank you Father for all that you have given to me. For they are mine. Imagine if, you, if Christ is saying that about us, that we are His. That no man can snatch us out of His hand. Jesus says to us that in Luke 18 verse 1, He speaks a parable by saying that we always ought to pray and not to lose heart. The Word of God is another form of weapon that we use at all times. That for the Word of God is living and active. The Word of God is living and active it's always active it's living hence joshua said the book of the lord shall not depart out of my mouth the book of the law is the word of god it shouldn't depart of our mouth it calls us to really continue to meditate on scripture meditating on scripture is spending time with the lord it calls us to wake up in the morning early and just say lord i take this time just to be with you just to focus on you so that my day lord I know that I'm abiding in you and you are in me, Lord. It calls for us to really put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6, to 17 That we may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil but it calls for us to know again that in all these things we are more than conquerors through Christ. In living out our call Paul encountered these challenges He encountered a challenge where he had to finish the course. Are we understanding that it's a race that we're in? And my question to you, are you winning this race? First Corinthians 9:24. It speaks about, do you know that in the race, all the runners? All are runners, but only one receives the prize so that you may obtain it. We must understand that the race will cost us. The race will need us to really train ourselves. Train ourselves in the word of God. Train ourselves in the things of God. Train ourselves in understanding that Christ is my redeemer. Christ has called me. Christ will carry me. Christ will see me through at all times. You see, Paul knew that it was not a sprint. Sometimes in this race, it is a race that we have to endure. It is not a race that we just run and after 10 minutes we finish. It is a race that we know that it's a marathon. And that in this marathon, there is a prize for those who win. Philippians 3, 4, 14 speaks of that we press on towards the goal for the price of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. In order for you to win, you must immerse yourself in the Word of God. You must be faithful to the Word of God. You must be faithful in living out the truth of the Word of God. I recall a couple of years ago the Lord started calling me into 3, 3 a.m. prayer. And I'm a person who really loves sleeping. And when the Lord started calling me to pray at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was like, Lord, ah, I, had, I was grappling because the flesh always wants its own. But one of the things that the Lord started doing was that He specifically started waking me up at 3.15. And I started thinking, okay, this is really... The Lord speaking and calling me out. And from that time onwards, I've never stopped waking up in the morning and praying when the Spirit leads me. Because it is the time when the Lord calls us. It is the time that the Lord wants to speak to us. And I'm not saying that He's going to be calling you at 3am in the morning. But there's going to be times that the Lord is going to wake you up and call you and draw you close. He says, draw nigh unto me. In living out our call, Paul had to encounter his faith in Christ. Paul had to understand that he has to keep his faith. The fourth point I want to really spend time with now is keeping the faith. Our kept faith. You know, again I talk about the seminary because the Lord had to teach me how to really understand what it is to have faith in God. You know, the word says, have faith in God. And sometimes it's so easy for us to speak that and say, have faith in God. But having faith in God really means not knowing who's going to pay for your rent at the end of the month, not knowing who's going to pay for your school fees at the end of the semester, especially when you start getting emails about that your rent is not paid, you're six months behind. Especially when you start getting those emails that say you haven't paid for your semester then you're not going to get your results and you're going to get kicked out. That's the situation I was in. But the Lord, being faithful, had to teach me what it is to have faith in Him. You see, this is the same thing for Paul. Paul had to keep the faith. He had to look after the faith just like a good steward looks after the estate of his master. The Lord had entrusted the faith to Paul and he had to keep the faith And he had proved himself to be faithful that the Lord Jesus was able to call faith upon Paul. And Paul knew what faith was about. Sometimes you see the world will draw us away from the Lord. The world will draw us away in understanding who we are in Christ. Unexpected circumstances will start happening in our lives. Divorce, retrenchment, disappointment. No jobs, being in the streets, not having a family, not having support, relationships, broken relationships. These are the things which are unexpected circumstances, but the Lord calls us to find faith in Him, to find strength in Him. See, Paul had to keep the faith in Christ. We must keep the faith in Christ. Our faith is in Christ. You see, the one thing that Paul desired for us to know and to realize is that he desires for us to just know Christ. For him, for Paul, everything was about to know Christ. Paul desired to know the power of his resurrection. Paul desired to share in his sufferings. Paul desired to become like Christ in his death. Paul desired for us to know who we are in Christ that He wanted us to preserve the truth, which is the Word of God, to defend the truth, to really cherish the truth, to be good stewards of the truth, for us to pass this truth to others, for us to share and honor the Word of God. We must never get used to God. We must never get too comfortable with the Father. You know, one of the things that the Lord continued to say to me this year in the midst of hardship is that, Lunga, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. And this morning, I just want to share with you, Musenberg, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. I know that things can be overwhelming at times. But There's something that I draw from Paul. Because this man, he himself also when he was overwhelmed by a thorn in the flesh. In 2 Corinthians 12 verses 7 to 10, he's struggling with something. And he says he cried to the Lord three times. That the Lord will take this thing away from him. But the Lord didn't. All the Lord said was, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. Yeah, you know sometimes you would think that, okay, this is only for Paul because he wrote the Bible. You know, how can I relate to Paul? But it relates to us also. But also, there's another person that this this truly relates to. Do you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane? There's one person who cried out to the Lord. He says, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he said it again the second time. He says, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it. But again he says, your will be done. Then he went away to his disciples again, finding them sleeping. And he says that he prayed the third time the same words. This is found in Matthew 26, verses 36-44. to Jesus Himself, the Christ, crying to the Father. My prayer for us this morning is that let the will of God be so evident in our life. In the midst of us struggling and overwhelmed by life that we must know that we ought to fight the good fight. We ought to finish the course. We ought to keep the faith. Because Jesus Is calling us out to that. You know, we cannot have verse 8 without verses 7, which means fighting, finishing, and keeping the faith. Because verse 8 says, For us is laid up a crown of righteousness. But we must finish first. We must finish first. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Indeed, though, all glory belongs to you, Lord. Thank you for calling us sons and daughters. Thank you for your church. Thank you that, Lord, the gates of Hades shall not prevail upon your church, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that indeed your church is living and that your church is active, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can share these truths with your people, Lord. Lord, inhabit the praises of your people, Lord. You've heard us worshipping you this morning, Lord. Thank you that you are the great I Am. Lord, for this week that we're going into, give us strength, Lord, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our, in, in our, in our relationships with people, Lord. Give us strength, Lord. And whatever has been hard for us, may You make it easy for us through Your Spirit, Lord. Thank You for the comforter. Thank You that Your Word said You have overcome the world. Because You have overcome the world, we can overcome, Lord. In You, Lord. In You we move. In You we have our being. Indeed, You are the Christ the Son of the living God, we praise a living God and that living God is in our midst right now. Father, I do not know how it may be, how we're going to finish, but only you know because you have a plan, a purpose, and a timing for everything under the sun. In you, O Lord, we trust. In you, O Lord, we trust. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen, amen, amen. Amen.